When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Austin. Hey, how's it going, man? Not too bad yourself. Good. How you doing, buddy? All good, man. All good. I just hey, introduced you to the co-host here. So his name's Shazad as well. Hey, what's up, Shazad? How you doing, man? How's it going, man? You right? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Yeah, nice, man. Thanks for having us on, man. Much appreciated. I appreciate having you guys on. Uh, I'm joined here by the Finnish Article Podcast. Thank you both for joining me. This no has problem. been such an honor to have you guys on. No, I appreciate it, man. Um, so I will, I'll, I'll just introduce myself. My name's Shazad M. Uh, from Finished Article. Uh, and this is my co-host, Shazad Q. Uh, both, same name. Uh, so it will just get a bit, bit, bit confusing. <laughs> it's all right, man. As long as they know uh, your podcast and, and what you guys do. So if you guys want to explain to me your podcast a little bit, like what's your show about? You know, yeah, of course. Um, so basically, it's on YouTube. We do live streaming. Uh, we do a lot of uh, podcasts on wrestling. Um, we do it on football. I believe, obviously, in America, they call it soccer. Um, and we do a few, like, reaction videos. Um, so we'll find videos uh, on YouTube, um, and we'll just watch them and, and react to them live. Right, man. I'm actually a huge fan of your of your podcast, man. I've, I've watched a few episodes last night. Nice. Um, you guys are a great host. So if... if any of you out there fans of podcasts, please check out the Finnish Article podcast. These guys are great. It's a great show. Check it out. No, I really appreciate that, guy. No, thank you. Definitely, man. Um, so I hear you guys are both fans of pro wrestling, AEW, WWE. Yeah, definitely, yeah, man. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, man. I noticed yesterday in one of your episodes, you mentioned um, Finn Balor. So we'll, we'll jump into him right now, actually. Um, you mentioned Finn Balor. And he's booking on the main roster. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to jump in. So basically, okay. I was um, disappointed or confused, to say the least, the fact that they brought him on. Uh, he uh, Roman Reigns turns down Cena, basically says, Finn Balor, bring, on, bring him on board. And then I watched last night's episode of, well, first it was last night's episode of uh, SmackDown. And uh, that was just comical at the end. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Vince needs to wake up and uh, get some new writers because his creative team have just gone down the drain. Right. Um. It, well, it, it's got to be confusing for the fans as well because we were we were told, you know, in the beginning, John Cena. Now it's Finn Balor, and now it's back to John Cena. Yeah. So it's crazy. Um. I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't seen SmackDown from last night yet. I'll probably watch it later on. But I have seen little clips of it where John Cena obviously signed the contract instead of Finn Balor. Which it doesn't even make sense. No, <laughs> so I, I, mean, I agree. If you if you've watched NXT and Finn Balor when he returned to NXT, they built him up so big uh, to be like this undefeated champion, and I think he was undefeated since he held the title in NXT yeah. until obviously he lost to Karrion Cross, uh, and that, that that's another joke. What they did with Karrion Cross on Raw, um, it just it just gets worse and worse with WWE. Um, I, I, it's just shocking. 
I mean, I think from my opinion, uh, just to jump in there, I, I have to say, and I agreed this with Shaz the other day when we were on our podcast, that actually NXT is actually carrying the WWE right now because Raw and SmackDown, for me, have just um, completely lost the plot. I understand John Cena coming back was to rive up the crowd, but let's be honest, been there, done that, seen that for the last 15, 20 years. Um, it's Finn Balor's time to shine, and then I don't understand what King Corbin was doing. I mean, surely you've got to have better storylines story than that. Right, yeah. and, and I have to agree with you with John Cena, too. It's good to see him, you know, come back and to hype up the crowd, but we don't need to see him uh, return at the beginning of every show, you know. It's yeah. obviously Finn Balor's turn, and but like I said, this is confusing for the fans because where does this, what do they do with SummerSlam now? Is this going to be a triple threat match? Will this be uh, Roman versus Cena now? And what yeah. will they do with Finn Balor? You know, what's going to happen with him? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think on SmackDown, the only thing that I actually enjoy on SmackDown is the whole storyline with Roman Reigns and the, and the Usos. Uh, as the tribal chief and, and obviously the head of the table. I think that's helped WWE through like the, the pandemic era. And it, it, he's done really well as Roman Reigns as a heel. Right. It was a decision to turn him heel. Um, but by that, on the main roster, I, I honestly don't really watch much of the other main roster because I think all of it's just... It, it, the WWE, are, I mean, they think the fans are dumb. Right. Some of the stuff that they do, um, they must think the fans are just really stupid because some of the things that they do is just they're just ridiculous. Austin, can I just jump in? So, yes, sir. I've been in wrestling since I was uh, god knows how old like 10 11 years old, and I've known she's had for almost like 15 20 years. We used to catch up, watch WrestleManias, watch Raws, we used to stay up all night. And back in the attitude era, you used to see some great storylines. I understand they had to go PG, but I mean, geez, when it went PG, not only did it go downhill from a storyline perspective, but the lack of common sense, the lack of repetitiveness. I would have rather seen Jey Uso take out um, Roman Reigns just to mix up the storyline. Yeah, it might not make sense from a collaborative point, but try something new with that. Um, make sense, though. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the Usos turning on Roman Reigns does make sense, especially right. now that Jimmy is it Jimmy that's come back. Yeah. Uh, now that Jimmy's come back, you can tell that he still doesn't really acknowledge Roman Reigns as, as the head of the table or the leader of the group or whatever it is. Um, and, I've, and I can see it happen down the line, um, probably not now, but maybe in a couple of months, that the Usos will turn on Roman Reigns because of the way he treats them. Right. And, and, it, and it does seem like they're teasing something mm -hmm. going on between them. Um, like yeah. you said, now is not the time. Obviously, they want to build up Roman Reigns. If they have him go over on John Cena, that just makes him look stronger in the process going forward until they have him drop the title to someone else. Um, but, yeah, if, if they would turn on Roman at some point, I think that would be exciting. And, Definitely. honestly, we, we, we need to see the Usos back in a tag team. We need to see them as the old uh, Uso brothers, not the, the wacky for Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, before when obviously Jay Uso was feuding with Roman Reigns for the title, I, I was all, I was like 100% on the side of uh, Jay Uso winning that title from Roman Reigns. It would have been, it would have been one of the shock, the shock moment for WWE and the fans. It would have been one of those, oh my God moments that WWE have, but they, right. they deliver on it. 
Right. And you, you got to think, too, what is this doing for the Usos? Yes, it's making Roman look strong, but it's, it's hurting the Usos as a team as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, in the process. Yeah. So Definitely. this isn't yeah, doing I mean, much for them either. I mean, it's – I mean, whilst Jimmy's not been around, obviously, Jay's obviously been built up as they're calling him the main event, Jay Uso, which, which is good. I mean, I think he deserved, obviously – what he got, obviously, the title shots and, obviously, a lot of the matches that he had like with Daniel Bryan, uh, Kevin Owens and people like that, he absolutely smashed them out of the park. Um, yeah. I think he deserves... I think he deserved to actually beat Roman Reigns for the title. Um, but, obviously, WWE aren't going to do that at this moment. Um, I don't even think they will do in the future. Well, in my opinion, if, um, if they're going to bring anybody back to beat Roman Reigns, it should be somebody like Bray Wyatt or um, somebody we haven't seen. I think the plan was, I think, either this year, was to bring The Rock back and feud with Roman Reigns because they're obviously part of the same family. But I think they're going to do that at WrestleMania next year. So they're just going to keep building and building Roman Reigns and the friction between him and the Usos up until then. And then The Rock will probably just turn up. I think The Rock will probably lose to Roman Reigns to help put him over. Yeah. But um, it will be it will be it would be a good match to see the rock back. Yeah, it would definitely be a good feud as well for like a build up. Like yeah. like I, like you said, I definitely see Roman going over. The Rock has no reason to win. He's made his money, he's yeah. made his mark in pro wrestling. So him putting good. over Roman wouldn't be a big deal. Um yeah. it'd be good to see what they would do with obviously the feud between Roman and The Rock. Like where would the Uso sit? Like, yeah. Would they, would they still side with Roman? Would they side with The Rock? You know, would it be 50-50? It'd be really good to see that type of friction between the Usos saying, no, we're going to be with Roman, no, we're going to be with The Rock. Yeah, or, or have them split, like Jay go to Rock and then Jimmy go to, like, Roman or something. Yeah. Maybe have a tag team match on the road. That'd be cool. That like would a, be like, like a brother versus brother type deal. Um, definitely. definitely. No, I, I think you guys have hit the nail on that. I mean, for me, I, I know this is slightly going off topic, but um, – one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is The Undertaker, and Shaz knows this quite well. So, and uh, Shaz, Shaz likes to take the piss because when The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania 30, uh, do you remember the crowd reaction from the guy that had his wide, uh, eyes wide open? Oh, yeah. I, I think I had the same reaction, and I'm like, okay, can someone explain to me what the hell has just happened? Okay, now, that- if it's Roman Reigns, or if it was to an up and coming generational talent, fair enough. But this guy, Lesnar, hasn't been seen in Yonks. And again, I'm, I'm thinking about rational. I'm thinking about storylines. I'm like, if you're going to come in once every now and then, then I don't really see the point of you getting one over up um, on The Undertaker. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, it makes sense, obviously, with The Rock and Roman Reigns, for Roman Reigns to go over. But with WWE's booking, I wouldn't be surprised if The Rock beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and then drop the title back to him at a pay-per-view after. That, that's that's the problem with WWE's booking. They're so uh, big on like having the older superstars come in and you know win these big matches when they really shouldn't be in the title picture to be- to begin with. Exactly. Um, like Goldberg coming back and like facing Bobby Lashley, for instance. Should we see Goldberg in a title match? No. But, no. And this is the same instance with uh, John Cena, even. Yeah. Y- yes, John Cena. He's one of the biggest stars in WWE, but should we see him in a title match? No, not no. not anymore. Not 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 anymore. Um, his time's up. Um, I mean, like you said, I mean WWE like to have these big stars come back and put him in title matches. Uh, the problem is 
WWE think that that's the only way that they're going to get ratings. But these big superstars, superstars like Goldberg and John Cena, The Rock, they don't need title matches to to bring in the crowd because they've got their name, they've got that branding behind them that will bring in the crowd. Well, well, not, well not only that, but they have the talent backstage. They're just not using them properly. They have a three-hour show on Raw, a two-hour show on SmackDown. Use the talent you have backstage. Don't use the talent you've had from 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense, but... Exactly. A, a superstar that I would love to see pushed a bit more would be Ricochet. Oh, Ricochet is amazing, man. Some of the things that he, he's done in WWE have been amazing, but, I mean, pre-WWE, when um, he had a, a match against, was it Will Ospreay? Okay. Those two have had some brilliant matches, and they were meant to be in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament, uh, again, uh, maybe facing each other. But yeah. Will Ospreay, obviously, he's he's been in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think he's their, he's one of their champions. I don't know which title he's got right now. But at some point, I would still love to see them mix it up in a ring, whether it's AEW, WWE, or even back over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Those two would just kill it. If you've not seen that match, Austin, I'd, I'd find it on YouTube and, and watch that. It was a brilliant match. Yeah, I'll definitely look it up, man. Ricochet is amazing, man. His booking at NXT was good, but since coming to the main roster, he had a little stint with AJ Styles mm-hmm. in the United States Championship run, but yeah. that didn't last long. I mean, ever since then, his booking has been horrible. He was in that Retribution storyline. That oh. was a, a major flunk. I mean... Uh, that, that's another thing that was really bad, the way that Retribution was booked. Right. Um, when when Retribution came, they came as this really big, you know, group that were going to cause havoc, and then it just ended up being what uh, Dominic Dijakovic, who's T Bar, uh, Mace, uh, 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 Dio Madden is Mace, I think. All right, I'm not sure. And then obviously the leader was announced as Mustafa Ali, which I didn't have a problem with because I actually really like Mustafa Ali, um, right. and I feel quite bad for him because. The whole push that Kofi Kingston had up to WrestleMania, Kofi Mania, that was actually supposed to be Mustafa Ali, but Randy Orton injured him. Yeah. Uh, and Kofi oh. got that push instead. Okay, I didn't know that. That's wild. Yeah, no, it, it, um, I've read about it quite a lot. And Mustafa Ali was due to get that push up to WrestleMania and beat Daniel Bryan for the title. But because of his injury, they had to pick someone else and they gave it to Kofi Kingston. That's, um, that's, that's a shame, man. Oh, wow. Definitely. I mean, I would have loved to see Mustafa Ali be the world champion or universal champion because, uh, you know, I think he would have been probably the first Pakistani, you know, champion in WWE history, like world champion in WWE history. And obviously, with me being Pakistani as well, uh, that, that that would have been a really big moment for that. That would have been big for WWE as well, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just think that they dropped the ball. Like when he came back. I think he could have come back as a strong heel, um, but they've made him look really weak as the leader of Retribution. I mean, he could have gone after Kofi Kingston. He could have gone after the New Day for like taking his opportunity from him. And then he could have been pushed again like towards the main event for the title, maybe on Raw or SmackDown. Well, yeah, well, not only that, but look at the names like they had in Retribution. T-Bar, May, Slapjack. I mean, were we supposed to take this group serious in, in booking with names like that? No, definitely no. not. I mean, Dominic Dijakovic, I mean, they could have just kept his name yeah. and, kept, and put him in the group because he was really good. 
Um, when he was on NXT, he was brilliant. But since he's been as part of Retribution with Mace, uh, and now as tag team with Mace, um, I think they've just dropped the ball on him because he is a really good wrestler. Yeah, and that's the same with WWE's booking, man. Guys like Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, guys like that who can't get a push and who mm-hmm. should be getting a push, they're not. And it's a shame that's- with what they're doing. It, 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 yeah. At this point, could they turn uh, Ricochet Hill even to give him a push? But yeah, we've, we've seen them do that with guys like Cedric Alexander as well. And mm-hmm. it's worked for a, you know, a short term, but who knows? But I think the problem is that they don't – I don't know whether we can really trust them to actually try anything innovative. I bet you the three of us could come up with an innovative storyline and WWE wouldn't even think of it because they're just very rigid in their way of approach. Like I said, NXT for me is is the Just flagship show. Uh, you got Triple H, you got Shawn Michaels driving the talent there. But it's almost like when they come up. I I remember a quote from uh, Tommaso Ciampa a few years ago when they were having the um, Survivor Series segment, mm. and uh, he came out and said that uh, why do we need to go to the main roster when NXT is the main roster? Roster. Yeah. So if that yeah. highlights the thing that push NXT because Raw and SmackDown are just not going anywhere. I think I think what take take example from it they be they're booking their talent because yes. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh Road Dog, I think there's um is it A Train was A Train's there. You know, all these players uh, all these former wrestlers are there and they've been through it all. Obviously they've been uh you know they've been on Raw, they've been on SmackDown, they've done it all before and, and they're using their knowledge to to push NXT as far as they can. And the problem with the main roster like Raw and SmackDown is that they're hiring writers that have no knowledge of wrestling at all. They're just hiring writers from maybe soap operas and uh, and drama series, which is just a you know the wrong way to go for for the product, I think. Right. And I and I've said that in previous episodes too. They're not they're not hiring actual fans that know the product. They need to hire writers who are actual fans of the product mm-hmm. that watch the product in order to create storylines. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'll be honest. If WWE wanted a writer, I'd do it for free just to help them out, you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd do it as a, free, as a gesture of goodwill to help them out right at this moment. I think they need it. Yeah, they definitely need new writers. I mean, at this point, they could bring Vince Russo back and he would bring, bring something more to the table than what they're bringing now. But yeah. Definitely. I mean, they brought Eric Bischoff back for for a little bit, and I think he left into because there was, I think there was something between him and the writing team or or management. Yeah, yeah he didn't last too long, but I think he was like head of SmackDown, I believe. Yeah, he was the head of SmackDown, um, and the problem was that I think everything that was going to be put on TV had to go through Vince, and Vince yeah. was just saying no to a lot of the stuff that he was saying. Yet, you know, he wanted to do, and I think that's what the problem was. I mean, yeah, because when they when they make them storylines, everything goes through events before they get the okay, you know. Um, yeah. Same with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was the head of uh, Raw, and we've seen Raw and SmackDown better than it was before. But then once they took Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff away, then you've seen the same old product as before. It's it's nothing changed. And I think the, the main problem with WWE right now is it, it, it's Vince McMahon. Yeah. Um, I think he's just too... He's just past his his peak and he's past his best. Um, the the attitude era would would have been probably you know the right time for Vince to step down and bring other people in to to start running WWE after that era finished. 
even if they will bring in Triple H or Shawn Michaels to even run maybe even half overall, it would be better than, than nothing you know, at this I, point. Do you know, I'd love to see Triple H run Raw and Shawn Michaels run SmackDown and then them two just feud against each other. Because whenever, they, whenever they're on TV, either as, um, as a tag team or as rivals, they, they always have great chemistry. They, uh, yeah, of course. Watching them, whether it's just on the mic or in the ring, it's still good to see them two go at it. Yeah, man. Um, I definitely agree. You know, having Triple H as a manager on Raw and having uh, Shawn Michaels as a manager would be interesting. Yeah. Even if they bring Teddy Long back or for SmackDown, that would be cool too. But um, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely. they won't I mean, pull think, that trigger. I think what they need to do is look at, you know, like some of the older wrestlers that are maybe towards the end of their career who probably already retired, but maybe want to still stay within the industry. People like Scott Hall or, or Kevin Nash bring them in as writers yeah, because they've, they've got that knowledge from WCW and WWE. Right. Um, you know, even, even people, um, I, can't, I can't think of any other names, like maybe Sting when he retires or even The Undertaker. I mean, The Undertaker's retired. Why, why not bring him on board as a writer or a producer? I mean, I think he'd be brilliant at it. I think, you know, Shaz has just hit the nail on the head. So, I mean, the funny thing about The Undertaker is when we were watching that documentary, The Last Ride, I believe it was, so he said that um, Undertaker has Vince's back. But the funny thing is Vince doesn't use Undertaker when he actually needs to use him. I mean, by the way, Vince will always go down as a legend for what he's done in WWE. But as, as the saying goes, a great product needs to evolve. Uh, and right now it's a bit stale and uh, needs a, a freshen up. Right. Like, like, I, de I definitely agree. You know, Vince McMahon, he's definitely made his mark in pro wrestling, but it's time for him to step down. He's out of touch. Definitely. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons Daniel Bryan <clears throat> decided to move to AEW uh, or not re-sign with WWE. Um, and I think it's a reason CM Punk hasn't come back. is because the way the product is, they don't want to be part of it. They're, well, that, well, yeah, that and the fact they're so focused on building one star at a time that they don't want to build other stars. Like, yeah. They want to build the Roman Reigns. They want to build the John Cena. I remember when CM Punk was a part of WWE. They were so focused on John Cena, yeah. John Cena this, John Cena that. But they, the fans were cheering for Punk. They wanted Punk. They didn't want Cena, and I, I think that's a lot of the problem as well. Definitely, definitely. And I think the difference between WWE and AEW is AEW are building stars that people have never heard of. Some of the wrestlers in AEW because they're not mainstream, but. They are really big wrestlers like Kenny Omega, the, the Young Bucks, um, and I think Sean Spears, who's Ty Dillinger in WWE. And then you've got Jack Swagger, who's there as Jake Hager. You know, these right. all these stars that WWE used wrong, but they're using him in the right way. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely think that Tony Khan is definitely a better booker than Vince McMahon because Tony yeah. Khan is a, was a fan of pro wrestling before he became big with AEW. Yeah, so I, I think he more has the mindset of a fan than of a, of a writer. Yeah, I think he does, yeah. And I think the, the product on AEW is a lot more fresher than WWE. They've got more ideas. Um, there are some things, obviously, that they've got wrong, like the, um, was it Kenny Omega and John Moxley? The exploding barbed wire match? Yeah. I'm talking about, yeah. yeah the <laughs> I mean, they got that totally wrong. Um and they, they've admitted it, and they, they took a few, you know, they, they took the mick out of it themselves. I think they knew that what they did was wrong. 
after. And they've, they've moved on from it. They've definitely took a few hits. I mean, they haven't been around long. They definitely took a few hits, though, but they bounced back with the signing yeah. of, of Alistair Black, who is now Malachi Black. Yeah, um, that, 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 him versus Cody is going to be a good match next week. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they had uh, um, Chris Jericho main event on AEW this week, which I think was a good match. Oh, against um, Nick Cage. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a brutal match, that. That was brutal. And me, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of hardcore matches, but that was actually put together well. So mm, It was, yeah. It was, definitely. Um, and the, the whole thing, uh, the labors of Jericho to get a match with, you know, MJF, that, that's a great storyline. Uh, yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad that storyline's still going on, you know. Um, mm. I, I think MJF is a great heel. Oh, yeah. I think he's one of the best heels. He gets, he gets so much heat from the crowd. Um, and he does his job really well. And even on Twitter, he doesn't he doesn't break character. He stays yeah, he, on Twitter and he just rips people. Yes, he's an old school heel. He stays in character even outside of pro wrestling. And that's exactly, what the, yeah. a lot of those older guys used to do. You don't see that too much too often anymore. Hmm. But he doesn't break KFAB. He he stays in character when he's not even on TV. He stays in character in interviews on Twitter. He, you know he he believes that he is that character that he's built. Right. Yeah, MJF is great. I mean, mm-hmm. pairing him with Jericho, him being so young, I think that will elevate his career going forward. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I think he's only had, is it two losses, maybe maybe in AW or one? Yeah, I believe so. I think I think one was by Chris Jericho with that inner yeah. circle match, wasn't it? Yeah. With the inner That's circle right. and pinnacle. Yeah. Um, I believe so. Yeah. So, he's, he's, I mean, he's been there from the start, and he's only lost, like, you know, two matches so they obviously think him as one of their main, you know, roster members, or top top guys, basically. Um, and and the other thing that I remember from from this week on AEW was the the tag team match FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. There's a bit of um, there was an issue at the end where um, one of the guys from FTR was it Dash. No, uh, Dash Wheeler, they call him, I think. I can't remember his name now. But he, he cut himself open, didn't he? And it looked like he was just going to bleed out. So they, they had to stop the match. So they finished the match like with a pinfall. Yeah, I saw the ending of that match, but I didn't know if that was a work or if it was real. It definitely looked real, so I don't think it was a work. Yeah. But... I think he was actually, he actually cut himself on his arm, and it looked like he was bleeding out. So they had to obviously finish the match somehow. Right. Uh, he finished it really quick with a pinfall win for FTR. Um, but I don't think that was meant to be the finish that they, they were going to go with. But obviously, because of the issue, the injury, they had to improvise and just just finish it quickly, yeah. and then get him attended to. But chances think, are, chances are they'll probably run it back. Um, yeah, I, I think they will have another match. Um, yeah. and I really like Santana and Ortiz. I think they're a really good team. But the, I mean, if you look into AEW, their, their tag team division is really good. Yeah. Uh, you've got Top Flight, the Acclaimed, um, the Varsity Blondes, the Young Bucks. You know, they're, they're just mentioning a couple of teams. Um, and I think they're really good teams, the young teams. Um, and the problem with WWE is they just throw people together as a tag team. Like exactly. uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love both of them. They're both great you know, performers. I think they'd be better off as singles wrestlers. Yeah, they should be singles competitors. Dolph Ziggler should no, be nowhere near a tag team right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Dolph Ziggler, I've always said that he should be a main eventer. Um, the way he sells moves 
it, and he has a match. It reminds me of Shawn Michaels when he was younger. Right. But Dolph Ziggler has been doing the same thing, you know, year on year. Um, and when he won that Survivor Series match to get rid of the authority, yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to push him as the as a main event guy after that. But they just, you know, he just got lost in the shuffle after that. And it, it was just quite bizarre what, what happened with him. We've seen uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother actually in AEW. I think at this point, I mm. mean, there's no hope for Dolph Ziggler on the main roster. No. I think Dolph Ziggler needs to let his contract expire, go to AEW, and I guarantee in AEW he'll be a world champion within a few years. Right. I mean, he can have some great matches with Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, uh, Malachi Black. You know, he'd have a great, great matches with some of those. Uh, some of the roster over there, even some of the the younger lot like Lee Johnson and and people like that. Yeah, his booking would definitely be better anywhere, even in Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever. It would be better than WWE. The problem he's had is is John Cena, because before John Cena was with Nikki Bella, she was with Dolph Ziggler. Uh, do you think? I, do you think that developed his push in some way? I think it has. I think because John Cena is such a big superstar and he has so much influence backstage on on everything, he's you know he he's done what he could to make sure Dolph Ziggler doesn't get to where he should be. Well, we've seen that problem in WWE before with John Cena with certain stars, and I believe that I believe you're right because yeah, yeah. we've seen certain stars not get a push because of Cena. Certain guys like Alex Riley, who John Cena bullied, you know, yeah, backstage, yeah. and but. Definitely, definitely. The same thing happened with uh, Mr. Kennedy, but I don't think it was John Cena. I think it was Randy Orton that that stopped him. Push. Well, he said in in an interview that it was John Cena and Randy Orton. I heard that got him fired from WWE. But if you remember when he went to TNA, he got fired from TNA. So that might have been his own problem. I think he did have a bit of a a bad attitude backstage. Yeah. Well, I think it was partly his fault, but partly John Cena and maybe Randy Orton as well. They probably just didn't like the way he was and just probably complained about it a lot and, and he got sacked because of it. Yeah, I mean, his his booking in TNA, I think, was better than WWE, but, I mean, obviously he had a bad attitude or something going on with him that he couldn't um, keep it together. Long enough. What's that? He, he couldn't hold his job long enough, in whether it was WWE or uh, TNA. He just yeah. he got sacked pretty quickly. Um so maybe it was his own fault as well as obviously this, you know, like John Cena and people like that. But I've heard I've heard stories a lot about John Cena burying people backstage, uh, not getting, not letting them get a push because he wants to stay at the top. And it, it seems like that's what he's doing with Finn, Finn Balor right now. Yeah, well, I I definitely said that last night when we seen Finn Balor and Roman you know, kind of tussle, and then we seen John Cena come out. It's like okay, John Cena got his golden shovel out here. He goes burying someone else. When there he doesn't need to be there, you know. That's it, yeah. Um, and I think I think WWE should just let John Cena go where he wants to go. Uh, just, I mean, if they want to bring him back, it's fine. I'm like, he can have matches like he had with Bray Wyatt last year at WrestleMania, the right. Five One House match, or maybe have a, have matches without a title on the line. I mean, I I don't, for one, I don't want to see John Cena beat Ric Flair's record of, of right. being world titles. I, I'd hate it. Because out of everybody, John Cena shouldn't have even held the title that many times. Yeah, but no. this, that, that, that's the problem. So a character like John Cena, when he started off, 
Uh, and rem- I remember his first uh, match against, um, who was it, Kurt Angle, when he mm-hmm. came out and said, ruthless aggression. So we liked that because it was a bit fresh. It was innovative. Then you had the Doctor of Thugonomics, where he's come out and spitting lyrics. And then he turned into Fruity Pebbles. Uh, <laughs> it was good for a while, but after after that, you kind of get bored because you're like, okay, how much am I going to see this? Uh, and and, and to, to your point about AEW and WWE, I think the WWE brand is slowly dying because while storyline is important, there has to be a lot of improvisation. So a lot of it, you can't script every single line to say, oh, you should say this or do this or behave. A lot of it should just be, okay, look, uh, we're a great fit, fit together. Let's put these two wrestlers together because they vibe off each other. And this is where Shawn Michaels and some of the old legends that were there can say, look, let's look at the talent. Let's see who works best together and combine them. Because that way, what you'll do is, rather than having to rely on a writer, you'll say, okay, look, you go and sell the story because we've given you the background. But let's be honest, you're the one that's going to get the push, not the writer. Because if you, if I followed the script, I'd be so monotone that you'd be like, you know what, I'm tired of shows. I'm watching something else. But that, that's kind of where we're, we're going with it. Yeah. And, and that's the problem with promos these days in WWE. Um they're all scripted and the, the wrestlers have to read, you know, exactly what they've been told to say. And sometimes it it, it comes off that they don't really want to be saying it. Uh, but back in the Attitude Era where you had The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, most of their promos were, they either wrote themselves or they just, they just bounced off each other. So The Rock was saying something, Stone Cold would come out and just, you know, talk and then, you know, Triple H would come out and talk. And it was just so spontaneous and, and they were just improvising up you know, all the time. Um, and they were keeping it all fresh because it was so creative. Well, yeah, and you can definitely tell in WWE that when a promo was being written and when a promo was improvised, like say, for instance, John Cena, you can tell that I think a lot of his stuff is improvised just because he can yeah. play off the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then others you can kind of tell by their body language, by the way they're talking, that it's scripted. Um, because you, you can hear it in their voice what's scripted and what's not. Um, yeah. So I, I think, but I think a lot of it has to do with their character as well. If their character can fit a good promo, they can pull it off. Like Bray Wyatt, for instance, his promos are amazing because he can pull his character off so well to where you really don't, you can't tell if it's scripted or improvised or. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think it's the same with Roman Reigns. I think his promos have got better over time. Oh, definitely. Um, like his promos now where, you know, he's the head of the table. He, they saw, I think they're quite intense, some of them. And he, he does a really good job of playing a heel when, when he's on the mic. Yeah, he's, um, de- he's definitely better as a heel. You know, back when he was a babyface, his promos weren't that well. He was getting booed yeah. out of arenas. But he's definitely – you could tell he's worked on his promo skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think when he was a, a babyface, you could tell, like, most of his promos were scripted. Yeah. But now he's a heel, you can't really tell whether they're scripted or he, he's just going off the top of his head which is what you want from a wrestler. When he's doing a promo, you don't want it to be that it looks like he's reading from a script. Right, right. Well, even yeah. the backstage interviews, like you can tell the backstage interviews, they're, they're coming off of a script and it just sounds bad. To where if yeah. you look at the old guys like Jim Cornette or uh, um, who else can I say? Like CM Punk even, guys that would come off this stuff off the top of their head, you can tell that it wasn't scripted. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But... um. Like I said, man, um, if, the, if the character can fit the promo or the promo can fit the character, it will work. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. I don't agree with you on that. I agree with you on that, Austin. Definitely. It's part of the reason why, I mean, when me and Shaz do, say, for example, our podcast, you look at the dynamics of which topics we cover, why we cover them, because it's it's one we're passionate about. It's the same with wrestling, right? Or anything you do, if you're good at it, you'll naturally just do the job uh, without thinking about it. Now, if you gave me a script and said, Shaz, I want you to do this role-playing act, and I've never done it before, guess what? I'm going to be sounding as monotone as, as a robot, and Shaz is going to be like on a completely different wavelength. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I get where you're coming from. Like scripting, scripts, scripts are okay as like a guideline, right? But it shouldn't be. You you need to say this word for word. It should be this is what you need to say. You find the words and say it the way you want yeah. to say it. Because that they can use their own imagination, their their own creativeness to to bring that out in the best way that they can for their character. Right. As long as they can get their point across, I don't see why they should script their promos as bad as WWE does. Mm. But in AEW, the, the the promos they don't look like they're scripted at all. Um, maybe they get told that you need to like say you need to go out and you need to say this, this, and this, but you say it in whatever way you want. We we trust you to say it in the best way possible. Well, yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the fans being back too, because even when the fans were out of the arena, the, the promos didn't seem. Like mm. they were, they were very passionate, you know. It didn't seem like they were into the promos as much. With the yeah. fans being back, it definitely has that feel of now they, the promos are better, um, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I think the the wrestlers feed off the energy from from the fans, right? Uh, and, it, and it gives them more energy for their promos as well. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you. Are we good? Yeah, we're good, man. We're good. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it was a little pause in between. I didn't know if you guys were still on. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, it just went really quiet there for a sec. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, but, like, you know, uh, what, what what are you guys' thoughts on Ring of Honor, man? Um, you guys like Ring of Honor? I haven't really watched much of it recently, but I used to watch it back probably a while ago when CM Punk and Samoa Joe – and every one of there were there at the time. And maybe I think Tyler Black, which is Seth Rollins. Right. Um, I think that's when I used to watch it when, when and Daniel Bryan was there as well. Um, I've not really watched it since, but have obviously I've I've heard of the Briscoes. I've seen a couple of their matches, uh, but not recently. But I know they were a really good tag team, the Briscoes. Yeah, I would the Briscoes, man, I would love to see them in WWE. I would love to see them in NXT even. Um they would yeah. have some good matches. Oh, definitely, definitely. Another tag team that I really liked um, was, um, I think they were mainly in TNA, but the Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves, Eddie Edwards, and um, what, what's the other guy's name? Um, uh, Eddie Edwards. I can't think of his name. I can't remember the guy's name either. <laughs> they were a really good team, but I think one of them got injured, and then they pushed the other one to the, the title. And yeah. then... Just not real. I mean, obviously they feuded against each other for a little bit, but they've never come back as a tag team, which I find quite weird because they started off as a tag team. Well, I I think one retired though, didn't they? One of them retired. I I, I didn't know that one had retired before. Um, We're talking about the Wolves, right? The Wolves. Yeah, the yeah, Wolves. I, I'm pretty sure one retired. Eddie Edwards is still wrestling, but the other one, I, which I can't remember his name for the life of me, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he retired. Okay. No, that's I didn't what know. I, that's what I've people. heard. Yeah, because I know that. I know. I know that when they were a team, they feuded, and then there was a heel turn, 
and then um, they feuded for a while, but then something happened. I don't remember, but that's back when TNA was actually decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and they did the same. They did a similar thing with the Motor City Machine Guns when um, I think Alex Shelley got injured, and they brought yeah. um, Chris Saban in as a singles wrestler, and they pushed him to the title. But then the the Motor City Machine Guns never like came back as a tag team or reunited until recently in TNA. Um, I think it was was it last year or this year, maybe around not last year's Slammiversary. They came back as a tag team. Um, I think it was probably their first or second match back, and they won the TNA tag team titles, which is quite bizarre. They were such a good team, man. Mm. City Machine Guns, they were so good together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, them against the Bucks um, and maybe, you know, the Hardys when they were in their prime, that, that would have been a really good match to see. What do you think about uh, TNA and AEW? What do you think about this cross-promotion stuff? Are, are you, do you like it? Are you into it? I'm I'm into it because I mean it you get to see like the Good Brothers coming to AEW from TNA. Um, if they didn't have that agreement, you wouldn't have that this storyline with Don Callis and the Elite. You, yeah. you probably will have it, but you wouldn't have um, Gallows and Anderson coming into it. Um, and obviously, you wouldn't have Kenny Omega as the belt collector because he wouldn't be the AEW uh, champ, uh, not the AEW, the TNA champion. Right, uh, the Impact Wrestling Champion. I think they're calling it now. Um, I think it is good because um, obviously there's TNA, there's AEW, and I think New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're, they're all combined together, like they're cross promoting. Um, and I think it's really good to see the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, United States Championship being defended on AEW. Yeah, uh, John Moxley's definitely been having some good matches. Mm. In, uh... With some of those guys from New Japan pro wrestling. Yeah, no, definitely. The match that he had against Lance Archer, where he lost the title, that that was a brilliant match. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was really well put together. And the match from I mean, Lance Archer defending against, as uh, I can't remember his name, the Bullet Club member. Um, that was a good match this week. That's just gone. That was a really good match as well. I don't think I caught that match. Um, because I what what I try to do, I try to record AEW. I don't always get to catch it, but. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely try to record it, but yeah, no, that was it. Was a good match. Lance Sarger defending the title. Um, do you know at the end of the Bullet Club, uh, not Bullet Club, the end of John Moxley and Lance Archer, someone got in the ring and challenged Lance Archer to, for the title. Uh, was his name Haiku or something? Yeah, something, uh, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he, him, and Lance Archer fought this week on AEW. Just gone on Dynamite. I'm pretty sure Archer retained, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah. Yeah, I thought so, man. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think they'd put the title on him just to to drop it to someone else. Uh, that would be quite silly. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping he has a decent reign. I'm hoping he can feud with Moxley again. That that feud would be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think it was John Moxley that beat Lance Archer for the title in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know that. And there was something within the promos about Lance Archer losing it to John Moxley. Okay. Um, and obviously Lance Archer got his rematch now on AEW and won it back. Okay. Um, yeah, so no, it, it is really good to see like the cross promotion. Um, but saying that, I mean, I don't think it will be good with WWE because WWE's product is a lot different to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's different to Ring of Honor. You know, it's different to all these types of companies that are obviously cross promoting at the moment. 
And yeah. you wouldn't see... I mean, I'd love to see some of the matches like Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns, um, the Young Bucks versus uh, the Usos. That would be a brilliant match. Or even the New Day. Yeah, I mean, AEW and TNA, they're definitely thinking outside of the box to where WWE is just kind of they're stuck in their old cells, you know? Um, yeah. To where they don't want to think outside the box like AEW or these new promotions. I think... The main thing with WWE is Vince McMahon knows how to make money. Like, oh, definitely. He just sold the WWE network to Peacock for like $1 billion. So, I mean, he, I think he's pretty happy with, with that because obviously that's a billion dollars just for the network for five years. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm not a big fan of the Peacock streaming. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Money in the Bank, but the Money in the Bank for the sh- the streaming for that was just horrible. I, I had to log off several times and get back on. I know many many people were complaining on Twitter about it. Um, really, it has Peacock its ups and downs, but Peacock have stripped a lot of stuff out of um, the network as well, like anything that they seem too violent or too like aggressive. A lot of um, swear words. So it's probably like the whole attitude here has probably just been stripped out. Yeah, that well, that, that was the good thing about the WWE Network is that you could see stuff like that that you yeah. wouldn't see on, you know, regular programming. Mm-hmm. But they they take that out. What do they have with this program now? Mm-hmm. They have absolutely I mean, nothing. If, if I was to get the WWE Network, it would be mainly to watch the old wrestling from the Attitude Era, right? And, and probably like the Monday Night Wars. I mean, that that was some of the best wrestling on TV. The Monday Night Wars. I mean, I used to watch. I mean. Over in England, we used to get Raw and Nitro on Friday. Right. Um, and they used to be on, uh, I think, the same time, but on a Friday night instead of Monday. And wow. what me and my cousin used to do is we used to have two small TVs set up and we'd watch Raw on one and Nitro on the other. <laughs> set up next to each other and we'd watch them both at the same time because obviously you. Back then, you obviously you either you record it on tape or you miss it. Um, but we never we never used to record it. We used to just you know watch it on two TVs at the same time. We'd have the volume down on one and the volume up on the other, and whichever one we thought was looking interesting, we'd switch the volume. So I mean, that that wrestling between WWE and WCW was absolutely amazing. Some like the way that WCW brought. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash into WCW was brilliant. I thought that's, you know, back then there was no dirt sheets online. There was no rumours online. So it looked like these two wrestlers from WWE have just shown up at WCW with their real names to cause chaos. Right. And it was just brilliant. Well, but yeah, back then um, it, it was better to watch because you don't have, you know, the internet, you don't have the articles, you don't have the spoilers, uh, you know. And I think that's, that the internet has ruined wrestling a little bit. Yes. Because, like, SmackDown was on yesterday. Now, normally, you know, you wouldn't know what happened on SmackDown unless you spoke to someone or you watched it yourself. But now, you, you go on YouTube, you get clips straight away. You go online on, on Twitter or Facebook, you, you you see someone talking about it if you're in, like, wrestling groups or or you've got friends that watch it. So, and, and that's that type of thing ruins the wrestling for, for some people. And I think that'll put a lot of people off watching it because what ended up happening is that you, you wake up to watch, say, SmackDown, like Shaz has just said, but because everything's on YouTube or Facebook or on Twitter, 
you like, okay, someone's already supported for me, so they're not going to go and sit and watch two hours. So this is where, well, whilst it's good, but, for example, back in the day, you wouldn't be able to find out results, but now if you go on Google, you'd be able to find out, oh, such and such is be uh, whoever, and you're like, okay, well, that's a bit anticlimactic. Or with the WWE, for example, if you couldn't watch WrestleMania, you'd really wake up the next morning thinking, you know, I want to get up and watch it. But guess what? Somebody's already leaked it online, and you're like, guys, seriously? Do I have to switch my phone off for me to be able to not yeah. find out something? People need to just that's it. You turn turn it. your phone off and or don't go on social media. Yeah. Until you watch it. Right. It's like at this point you have to stay away from social media. Period to watch wrestling because mm. they spoil so much. Like Sasha Banks returning yesterday, that was leaked online before it even happened. Like that, a lot of yeah. people knew she was returning. Yeah, um, that's it. it like the internet ruins it for for the surprise value, the the shock value. Right. People will still watch it if, like, let's say Sasha Banks is their favorite wrestler. They'll they'll still tune in and watch it. But that shock value that you'd get if you watched it and you didn't know she was showing up and she showed up, you know, that shock value has just disappeared. Right. I I, I definitely agree, man. Um, I mean, it's t- when um, when was it? Um, when Seth Rollins returned uh, after his knee injury and, and attacked Roman Reigns. I mean, I didn't read any of anything about that online. Um, I didn't watch that pay-per-view. I can't remember which one it was now. But I didn't watch it as it was on, so I waited till the next day after work and watched it. Uh, I stayed away from my phone, so I didn't you know, read anything on social media. So it wouldn't ruin it for me. So I watched it without knowing Seth Rollins had returned. Uh, and that shock value was a lot better. I, I enjoyed it, and I was quite hyped that oh, Seth Rollins had just returned and attacked Roman Reigns and pedigreed him. Yeah, that was big. I don't. I really don't think they they leaked much about it. I don't remember, but just to, to stay off the internet and to 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 see it happen like like live mm. is a lot better than to find That's out right. online that it's going to happen. And when I think yeah, it was Seth Rollins who turned up on NXT to call out Triple H. Uh, I think it was NXT Takeover in San Antonio or something. Um, when they were feuding, that and yeah, you didn't hear about that online, uh, and if you didn't read about it after it happened and you watched it, that shock value was still there. Yeah, I definitely agree. And the same thing with Malachi Black uh, with AEW. Yeah. When he uh, debuted, nobody knew. It was rumored that he would he would, he would go to AEW, but nobody really knew whether he signed. So having him debut was really big too because nobody really knew. the problem with his contract that when he moved from NXT to the main roster, they forgot to change his contracts from a 30-day no-compete to a 90 Oh wow! So he he left WWE and he instead of having a ninety day no compete for three months, he had thirty days for a month, and that's why he was able to show up on AEW so quickly. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, so from NXT, when you go to the main roster, it t- turns into ninety days, so you have to sign it. But I'm guessing someone forgot to give him the paperwork, or if someone forgot to ask him to sign it, um, and when he left. But he just decided that, you know, he's going to AEW. But the thing that I don't get is about uh, about Tommy End is that he went to AEW, but his wife stayed or, or re-signed with WWE, and now she's been buried. She, yeah, she's had two matches back, and I believe she's lost both of them. Well, that usually happens with WWE. Look what they did with, uh, I don't know if you know Rusev. Yeah, yeah. He's under yeah. Miro now with AEW. Yeah. Lana, Lana stayed with WWE. And look, look, look at her treatment, man. She was buried, yeah. put through tables every week. and Every week she was put through a table. That, that was just crazy. Uh, and that's that's the problem with AEW. 
they punish other people for someone leaving, like like they've done a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I just find it really weird that they would do something like that. Yeah, well, it's not surprising to me, honestly, because they did the same thing with Dean Ambrose when Dean Ambrose wanted to leave WWE when he was under the ring name Dean Ambrose. When he wanted to leave WWE, they basically buried him on the way out. Um, yeah, they did, yeah. Definitely. Uh, it, it is quite weird that WWE, they, they like to bury people before they leave, so their their value goes down for, for yeah. the other company, which I find really weird, man. It's like you've just built this star up. You've built him up into, you know, the crowd love him. Or, or they hate him if he's a heel, and now now you're burying him just because he's leaving. It's like it's quite petty on on WWE's behalf, and they're such a big company they shouldn't be doing it. It makes it hard for the, like these these stars to have a relationship with WWE afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely hard for them. It gotta be. Um, definitely, definitely. But how do you think Malachi Black's booking will be in AEW now that um, he's um, uh, far away from WWE? I think it'll be a lot better. Um, I think he's got more control over creative than he had in WWE. Um, and it, I don't know if you've noticed, like, his his character. He's, you know, the eye thing that it happened with um, Seth Rollins where, like, he had to wear a patch over his eye because they damaged his eye on the ring right. step. Like, he has, like, all this black stuff around his eye. Yeah. So he he's still, you know, using that part of the WWE storyline, you know, in his new character. And I think he's going down that same route that he was when he came back into WWE just before he was released as the, uh, I can't remember what his character was, but he was doing them promos where he was reading like stories backstage. Yeah. Uh, back when he was on the main roster too, he was doing that as well. Yeah. And so he came back. That's it. And I think he, I think he wants to go down that route. Um, I'm just, I'm quite surprised he hasn't you know gone back to his original name, Tommy End. Um, I thought maybe he would use that name, but, he, I think he wants to stay with the, the name Black because obviously that's what he's known as in WWE. And I think the fans to, to you know be able to know who he is just by that part of the name in AEW. Well, I actually have a theory to this because I've noticed that uh, the commentators are actually saying Tommy End and they're saying Malachi Black. I feel like the character of Malachi Black has a split personality to where he is Tommy End, but he is alter ego as Malachi Black. Yeah, I think sense. he will go down that route. I think... Maybe as a heel, he'll stay as uh, Malachi Black. But when they turn him face, they'll probably call him Tommy End. Right. Much like how we see Bray Wyatt with The Fiend as well. Yeah, that's it. They'll do something similar to that. Or maybe like Mick Foley had all these faces of Mick Foley. You have Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it will be interesting to see the way they go with Malachi Black. I think he is a. I think they could push him to maybe beat Kenny Omega for the title. Um, I. I don't know if they will straight away, but maybe they'll build him up to be someone who could beat Kenny Omega. Um, I think they're doing something similar with Christian Cage. They, they are building him up. Um, and I think his feud with Matt Hardy is quite good because it goes back to the Attitude Era when they've been feuding as Edge and Christian versus the Hardys. Right, it has come. It has like that nostalgia, you know, that That's from back it. in the day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when, when Edge returned to WWE, um, and obviously Christian came back in the Royal Rumble as well, I, I was I was so excited at the prospect of seeing Christian and Edge team up together in WWE, but WWE didn't want to sign Christian to a long-term deal like that, or a deal like Edge because right. of his injuries. Um, and I think that's why he went to AEW, because AEW 
had faith in him that he can still wrestle and, and he's proven it that he can. Yes, of, of course, man. Um, he's definitely in great shape. He's definitely putting on some good matches with Matt Hardy. Yeah. He could still perform with those uh, top level athletes, much like Chris Jericho, <laughs> even with his age, you know, uh, yeah. definitely, you know, Jericho's not in the best shape as he was in maybe 20 years ago, but he can definitely hang with some of the younger guys as well. So, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he, He's put on a lot of size uh, recently. He's put on a lot of weight, obviously. Um, but you know, his a lot of fans were saying that he, you know, he's he's quite big, that he's put on a lot of weight, and then he proved a point that he can still perform because he did the lion salt. Yeah, like, he likes to prove people like or the critics wrong. And I and I think with the match he had with Nick Cage, I think that just adds further to how he, how much he can prove to what he can do. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. He he had a good match against Nick Cage. Um, his first, the first match that as the labor of uh, the labors of Jericho was against Wardlaw, I, I think it was. Or was it Sean Spears? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, maybe it was Sean Spears. I believe there was like a chair match Sean or something. Yeah, on. the chair match. That's the one. That that was a good match as well. Um, the the stadium stampede match. For the pinnacle and in a circle, that was a good match as well. Um, I mean, Jericho, I don't think he's had that many bad matches in AEW. No, nah, I don't, I don't think so. At all. Think um, like the only bad moment I can think of is that people have mentioned was the uh, the war games match where he was thrown off the top of the cell. Like, yeah. they talk about that, you know, the way that he fell into I think it was just like meant to be cardboard boxes or something. Yeah, it was, it was kind of predictable. You don't want to be falling from something so high up onto metal because that's obviously if you land wrong, you know, you could smash the back of your head. You could actually kill yourself. So I can understand why they put something soft underneath it to protect him. Right. Yeah, Jericho, man, he's one of a kind. He's definitely proven people wrong. Same with Christian. Uh, Matt Hardy even now. Uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Um, they're definitely pro- – they're definitely up there, you know. I'd like to see Jeff Hardy leave WWE and go to AEW and maybe team with Matt Hardy and go against the Young Bucks, even though, obviously, the Hardys are probably past their peak. It, it would still be a good match on TV. I mean, I know they fought in Ring of Honor, and I think they fought somewhere else as well. Uh, but, but, well, they had a little few in WWE as well uh, years ago. but Yeah. Were the Young Bucks in WWE? Uh, not the Young Bucks, but um, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, as a tag team, like the Hardys versus... Oh, oh okay. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I know they fought at Ring of Honor, um, but I can't remember if they fought somewhere else. Yeah, um, I don't remember. I know they've had one match in Ring of Honor. I, I think they've had one somewhere else, but I can't remember which uh, promotion it was in. Maybe New Japan, I want to say. Um, possibly. It possibly could have been could New be. Japan. Because I know that uh, when uh, the Hardys left TNA, they were traveling all over winning titles. Yeah, but this is back. Right. This is back when Matt Hardy had his broken gimmick, the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Yeah, I mean that, that's a real. That was a really good gimmick, uh, and he did he did debut in AEW with that gimmick. But because there was no fans, he, he yeah. went to another gimmick. Gimmick because that type of gimmick he says should be done in front of fans to get the best out of it. What exactly? Uh, what exactly are they doing with Matt Hardy now? Because he was like this is honestly confusing me. So you can you can explain this to me if you could. But they are they are actually they're doing 
the broken Matt Hardy gimmick, then they're doing the Matt, this card of Damascus, then they're doing uh, big money Matt. What are they, what exactly are they doing with Matt Hardy? Have I missed something? Or <laughs> I think we can stick with the uh, the big money Matt gimmick for now. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll eventually put him as like the broken gimmick again, uh, further down the line because the, he started off with the broken gimmick, but then there were no fans in the arena, so they got rid of that gimmick. And I think Matt Hardy said it himself; he didn't want to do that gimmick without the fans there. Yeah, I would like to see the gimmick again. I mean, they tried WWE; that was a big fail. It wasn't as good as yeah. it was in TNA, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, right? But uh, if they do an AEW, I feel like Matt will have the creative freedom too kind of bring back that what what he had in TNA but yeah I think he will be able to I think he's I think Matt Hardy is very creative in, in that sense that he will be able to obviously pull it off in AEW I think in WWE he wasn't able to pull it off because uh, obviously you know the way that WWE are they probably didn't want him to do certain things they wanted him to do it their way yeah he, he didn't have the creative freedom he had in uh, TNA that's right yeah that's the one yeah, Vince, I think Vince McMahon had too much control over that. There were a lot of things that uh, Matt Hardy said he wanted to do that uh, that Vince McMahon shot down. There mm-hmm. was a storyline with Bray Wyatt that he had, that he had all these ideas and Vince McMahon wasn't for it. So, um, yeah, it's a shame, man, but, you know, they could have they could have done a lot of good things, but they just dropped the ball. Yeah, that's it. And that's the problem with WWE. They, they dropped the ball too much. Uh, yeah. Recently, they, they have quite a lot dropped the ball Um and that, that's the problem that they don't see the opportunities that are, are presented to them to be to I, I don't I don't think it's a case of drop the ball. I don't think they've ever actually had the ball in the last couple of years. I mean <laughs> the ball's in someone else's court. Yeah, exactly. So basically what you're saying is the fans are and as Shaz is right, you said it, it's a good challenge you set me. So he's basically said, because I grew up watching WWE, and he goes, Shazad, you know what? Stop watching WWE, go watch AEW. So I've started watching that. And when you start watching that and you get a fresh perspective, you're like, geez, I've been watching the wrong stuff for ages. So this this is the kind of thing. That gonna, I think part of the thing that's missing is back, back in the day when they had the uh, Monday Night Wars, you had competition between like the two different uh, brands and you had competition which would make it healthier, which would improve ratings. But now because WWE is sitting on its own, they don't have anyone to push them or kick them up the backside, if that makes sense. So you're like, okay, like we, we can carry on because no one's really going to challenge us. Mm, yeah, you're right. You're right, definitely. Well, I think a lot of that too is that they are so stuck in the PG era. They need to get out of that PG era because AEW, I think, is, that's what separates WWE. And, and one mm. of the reasons is because they're not in that PG era. That's it. I mean, AEW, obviously, they like to push the limit as far as they can. Um, right. They've obviously done the. They did a little bit with um, what's he called Chuck Taylor uh, and uh, was it his mom and his, her van that got smashed up with Santana Ortiz? Yeah, I thought that was a really good storyline. Um, they pushed the limit with a lot of some some of the stuff that they've done with uh, Darby Allen, where yeah. he thrown down the stairs by uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Yeah, well, not only that, but you're seeing chair shots to the head. You're seeing blood. You don't see that in WWE anymore unless it's yeah. accidental. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, in, in, I think AEW are in that era. With, uh, are we there? That's what people want to see in WWE, but WWE is saying we're not going back to that route because 
they, obviously they've done that already and they don't want to go backwards. Right. And I think that... it comes to like the board as well and the shareholders. Like WWE have to keep them happy and obviously they've got to keep the network that they're unhappy. Um, and that's the problem. They have these agreements with the network that they won't do X, Y, and Z. But AEW have said to their network, you know, we want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree, man. Um, yeah, they definitely need to change, though. New change in product, well, new writers, well, something. I think what they also need is uh, key performance indicators to say, okay, look, how's our brand doing right now compared to, say, e- AEW or something else? Okay, look, you can see it's tanking because everyone, mm. there's a fresher approach. Right now, as you probably were in industries, what people are based on is their performance. You're only as good as your last uh, project, performance, game. It's the same with WWE because obviously they're not like ranked or this is why we keep seeing past legends like Goldberg come back and you're like, I love the guy, but I'm like, are you really that desperate to go back to Bill Goldberg that we have to try and like, um, I mean, for us nostalgic fans, we grew up in, in probably the best era. But it's right. today's generation that don't understand what wrestling is all about. That mm-hmm. they make fun of it. And that's the problem with with the legends. Um, so if you compare the way that AEW have used their legends compared to WWE, like WWE have brought uh, Goldberg back so many times and just give him a title shot. Right. Um, but then you've got AEW who are using Sting near enough on a weekly basis. Uh, they've got Tully Blanchard, uh, they've got Conan, they've got Jake the Snake Roberts, and, and they're using him as like either a mouthpiece for a wrestler or right. as a manager, you know. So it's like these legends are passing on their knowledge to these the, the younger talent, whereas in WWE, the legends are coming in and taking the opportunities from the talent. Yeah. That's how it's seen to, to obviously the fans, or these legends are coming in and taking these opportunities from the younger people. Like, let's take, take Ricochet, for instance, um, and, and people like Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. They, they perform week in and week out, whether it's on TV or on house shows, they perform week in and week out, and, and they deserve opportunities. But then you've got Goldberg, who's been who's not been seen since WrestleMania last year when Drew McIntyre beat him for the title. Um, and he just turns up out of nowhere saying, I'm next, and he gets a title shot. It's it's just bizarre. Well, it, it's not only insulting to the fans, but it, it, like, like you said, it's insulting to the talent because they yeah, have yeah. the talent backstage. But, exactly. but I, mean, it's, it's... I mean, as Goldberg coming back, I mean, I don't have a problem with Goldberg coming back. Um, I mean, in a sense, he should be retired because he's quite old. But if he wants to come back, you know, that's up to WWE. If they're going to pay him millions to do matches... Uh, he he will be stupid to turn it down, but if they're going to have him do these matches, that he should be coming. Like obviously he's he lost to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, and we've not seen him since. So it would make sense for him to come back and attack Drew McIntyre and have a feud with him. Yeah, well, if he's going to come back, I mean, okay, he can have a match, but it shouldn't be for a, a title. I think fans would be more than happy to have him back just as, as a singles competitor, much like when he faced Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. That wasn't for a title; that was just a regular match. Yeah, exactly. It's just quite weird that, you know, they bring these, like, say, for instance, John Cena and Goldberg, they've both come back, and now they're both getting title shots, whereas it should be Finn Balor on SmackDown that should be getting a title shot, or or maybe someone else on SmackDown. Um, right. 
And on, on Raw, you know, there's, there's so many people that should be getting a title shot that haven't. Like Mustafa Ali, I believe he should have a title shot. Um, Xavier Woods, I think he's really underused in WWE. He's he's great in the ring. Uh, Ricochet, you know, some some of the talent that WWE are they're not burying them, but they're not using them properly. They no, did, they're not. They did. They deserve to be built up as as a team. Uh, as a, sorry, they deserve to be built up as a superstar and then go for the title, like NXT did with Finn Balor when he came back in NXT. They built him up um, as his badass, you know, coming in on his own, taking everybody out, winning the title, and then obviously he, he dropped it to Karrion Cross, which I believe, I still believe that Finn Balor should have been the person that, I mean, if they were going to have Karrion Cross come on Raw and lose to Jeff Hardy for no apparent reason, why not just let Finn Balor beat him and retain the title? Yeah, it, it don't make sense. I mean, obviously, I think they're building up to uh, Karrion Cross joining the main roster completely. They'll eventually have Karrion Cross drop the title because yeah. obviously you can't have the NXT title on the main roster for long. Exactly, yeah. I mean, um, I think he'll drop it to Samoa Joe. Um, yeah, so def- that's that definitely, that, yeah, that's definitely how it seems. Um, but, but you look at Finn Balor's booking right now and – it doesn't seem like nothing's going to change. It's going to, it's definitely seems like he's definitely going to be booked the same as he was before. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like when Finn Balor was NXT in NXT the first time he was used, you know, the right way by Triple H and Shawn Michaels and everyone. And he was pushed in the main roster. And and to start with, he he did well because he was the first ever universal champion. But then obviously he had to drop it because of his shoulder injury. Right. Against Seth Rollins. But when he came back, he's just, not been pushed the right way. He's not being used that right way. And then he he eventually went back to NXT and he was used properly again. And now he's back on the main roster. You can see he's not being used properly again. So the problem isn't... The problem that WWE have is it's the main roster writers and, and producers that are doing that. And, and, and NXT are doing it the right way. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Um it would make more sense for Finn Bauer to stay on the NXT roster. He would he would get a better push. But WWE, this is the way that I think they're so focused on bringing some of those NXT guys up that they forget about the guys they already have on their main roster. But yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. That's just my opinion, man. I mean, I think Ricochet going back to NXT would be a good move for him. Yeah. Um, even people like uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they they could go back to NXT. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Um, Sami Zayn is a good talent. Kevin Owens, you know, he, he did great in NXT, but mm-hmm. even even when he was a heel on the main roster, he did great, you know. But they turned him babyface, and there's as we're doing nothing going for him then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just crazy, man. The, the way the WWE booking is right now, you know, it's. I, I and to be honest, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think so either, man. But you know, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. But. Uh, <laughs> um, but we have five minutes left, brother. Um, I just want to thank nice. you guys for being on. No problem. No, I really appreciate you having us on, man. Um, and obviously, whenever you're ready, let us know, and we'll get you on our podcast as well on the finished article. Yeah, I, I definitely like. We, we definitely have great chemistry together. It's been a great conversation. Definitely. Um, can you great. guys tell? Can you guys tell me what's next for your podcast? Like, what do you guys have planned coming up? Yeah, so we, we're going to be covering a bit more uh, wrestling content over the next couple of days. Um, yep. And just uh, myself and Chaz, we're just going to be, in a way, kind of like reviewing Raw and SmackDown. 
just to give our thoughts on that as well as what's happening in AEW. So as we touched upon in the last episode, uh, CM Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, and just seeing how that develops. We've also got a few more React videos coming up, yeah. uh, sporting events, wrestling events. Uh, we do. We try to keep the wrestling because it, uh, people mm-hmm. do tend to enjoy it, but uh, we're just dealing with trying to find the right videos to show um, yeah. without someone trying to block it. Uh, <laughs> and just more football content. But obviously, as we tell the viewers, whatever people want us to cover, please do let us know. More than happy to diverse into different topics and subjects uh, if anyone's interested. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, obviously, we the Premier League is due to start uh, in the next month or so, so. We'll probably be covering a lot of the Premier League as well because we're both big football fans as well as wrestling. Um, so the channel is obviously split between football and wrestling, and obviously right. we have some videos. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically what we've got planned coming up is a lot more... Uh, obviously, we're going to try and get more reaction videos out that aren't going to get blocked. Um, it's very hard to find videos that to use and then not get blocked. Um, we've had an issue where we've put some videos out um, and they've been blocked either by WWE or some football ones have been blocked by the Premier League. So you've got to find the right videos to, to use. Yeah, uh, I, know the, I know the thing with YouTube, but they flag you so many times, don't they, until you get blocked completely? Is that, is yeah, that true? So, so there's, there's differences. Um, so you can get copyright claims which don't go against you as a strike. It just takes the video and blocks it so no one can watch it. Mm. But then if you get a strike, I think you can only have three strikes and then they close your, your channel. So you've got to be very careful when you start getting strikes. Yeah, because I know a few a few YouTubers that's happened to that where they have had to create new channels and get all their subscribers back. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know one of my friends um, a while back he was doing gaming. He's into his gaming and stuff. So he was doing reviews of games and uh, consoles and stuff. And he, he was reviewing, um, I think it was the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo blocked all the content and then he disputed it. And then he got his channel closed down because he disputed it with uh, uh, Nintendo. So you, it, when you dispute it on YouTube, you've got to be very careful. Otherwise, it, it can turn into a strike. It starts off as a copyright claim, but it can easily just turn into a strike. Now, with YouTube, do you guys get those messages where, they, where the people message you and say, um, I'll promote your podcast for $200? Or, um... Um, I get them a lot on the Facebook <laughs> groups, um, but not yeah, on me too. YouTube itself. You know what? I got a guy yesterday. He messaged me. He told me he would do my podcast, promote it for free for a day, <laughs> and then charge me $200 a month. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know where they get these prices from. You know yeah. what? It, it, it's 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 funny because in those Facebook groups, man, I get them all the time, like three, four messages a day. Yeah, I get and them quite a lot. When you post your podcast in the, you get people replying back saying, um, you know, uh, uh, inbox me. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't even like. Uh, sometimes they don't even like uh, like uh, say inbox me. They'll just message you straight on. And yeah, sometimes, sure. like, I'll, I'll reply back because I never know if it's somebody that wants to work with me or if it's somebody doing podcast promotion. So it's like you don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if I've not asked someone to, you know, private message me or inbox me, uh, and right. they have, I, I probably just don't respond. There are some where you can see that it's a legitimate person by checking the profile and then yeah. that's when you respond. But if you can tell that it's like someone who wants to, you know, just get your money from you for promoting it, I just ignore them. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. Um, They'll, they'll say, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll promote your podcast for $200. You know, it, it's crazy, but 
Uh, no, I think the even funnier bit is that what we try and do is we try and promote it and we get try and get subscribers. So what we do in return is they'll subscribe to us. We'll try and if they've got podcasts, we subscribe to them. And guess what? Two seconds later, Shaz will be telling me, oh, we've lost two subscribers. Yeah. Like, how are you losing? How are we losing subscribers? I mean, it should wow. be like um, an honest man's word to say, look, I'm going to help you out. You help me out. It's all it's all win-win here. Yeah. Obviously, certain people have certain intentions, which I think is yeah. just wrong. That's the problem. Like, these groups on Facebook, I mean, I've, I've joined quite a lot of them and I share the podcast in there to try and obviously boost the subscribers and views. And, and there's people in there that'll say, oh, well, I'll subscribe to yours if you subscribe to mine. And right. people that will subscribe and I won't unsubscribe because I, I think that's very dishonest. Yeah. Um, but I've had people subscribe to ours, get the subscription back, and then they've unsubscribed. Uh, and I think it's just really dishonest of people to do yeah. that. And, and, and I and, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with like um with with that group that we're in the No Rules Podcast group and um yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with so many people want their podcast listened to they they don't want to give back yeah they don't want to listen That's to other people's podcast and yeah they want you to watch theirs they want you to listen to theirs they want you to subscribe but they don't want to do it back for you so it's just it's trying to find the right people to network with like like yourself obviously we've been on we've been on your podcast obviously I'm subscribed to yours. Um, right. and you watch ours, you know, that I mean, the, you know, it's mutual, obviously, we follow you, you follow us. Right. Um, but with other people, it'd be like, you know, we're not going to follow you, we just want you to watch ours or listen to ours. Right. Well, well, um, I'll definitely share your videos. If you guys send me links, I'll definitely share them to different Facebook groups if you want me to. Um, yeah, like, I'll try to get you guys some new subscribers. I won't charge you like some of these podcast promotion <laughs> guys. I'll do, I'll do it for free, man. I'm your friend, so... No, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. Uh, but we are on Facebook as finished article and on Twitter as well. So obviously, okay. if you, I mean, I can send you the links to those if you want to put it on when you post this um, podcast online. Well, if you want to say your uh, Twitter name right now, so my audience can follow you, that'd, that'd be great too. Yeah, the Twitter is finished article without the E and then the number two at the end. Okay. Uh, and on Facebook, it's finished article. Uh, we are working on getting like Instagram and other social media as well, but we haven't got those sorted yet. Yeah, well, I'm definitely trying to get like an Instagram account as well. So, like, I'm I'm doing the same thing. So, nice, um, nice. but I want to thank you guys for being on, man. It's been a great conversation. Thank you both so much. No, I really appreciate you having us on, man. It's been great. great. Yeah, we'll definitely plan something else. Maybe I'll get on your guys' show if you want me to. Um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely, man. So may maybe once this has been released that we can get you on ours as well and do like a part two. Yeah. Just let me know a day at a time and I'll, I'll be down to do it. No problem. No problem. We'll let you know. I'll, I'll message you as soon as we find out um, and get something booked in. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for being on. Um, Take care. You guys. God bless. No, you, you too. Thanks care. very much take for your care. time. Thanks, take, care. take care. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.